Welcome back to Real Phonies, where we take a love for movies and television and combine it with very little knowledge about movies and television. I'm your host, Christian. Join me are my co-host, Joseph. Yellow. And Jehu. You know, it genuinely never fails that most of the time, like for 50 minutes a week, you sound perfectly normal on this thing. But the moment you do the intro, uh, you sound like you're getting sucked into the Matrix. <laughs> Every week. I don't know why. I will take that as not a compliment, but I do the best that I can. It's not your so. fault. I just don't. It, yeah. it's, it's some sort of bizarre... I don't know what it is. Or maybe that's just what your voice sounds like on the other end. Maybe something's <laughs> happened to you during during COVID times that I don't know about. I got one of those new Elon Musk brain implants, whatever those things are called. What? Uh, you haven't <laughs> seen a Cyberlink or whatever. I know He's this is not s- what this podcast is about, but no, we have to talk about this for just a second. Elon Musk has made this thing that they will cut out part of your brain or your skull and put in like a little microchip that connects to your brain. And then uh, what happens? I don't know. He talks about all these things with like future updates where like you'll be able to hear a language and the chip will process it. And you'll oh, be able to understand God, what they Elon say. I hate so fucking much. It, right. it, it's, I mean, there's literally been nine episodes of Black Mirror as to why this is a bad idea. Sure. But apparently he's doing it. You can look it up. Cy- I think it's called Cyberlink. That's where, that's where Black Mirror is where Elon Musk goes to get new ideas. No, 100%. Uh, we're not here to talk about Elon Musk or Black Mirror. We're doing a November news roundup, uh, as we have done, starting with some sad news. Um, two icons, one more so than the other. Uh, Alex Trebek and David Prose died. Uh, Trebek died a while ago. Darth Vader died like three days yes, ago. But <laughs> yeah. S- some point. Sad news either way. Both Both terribly sad. Yeah, I mean, uh, hey, did we talk about Alex Trebek on the last time this happened? I can't remember. No, we talked about Sean Connery last time. Oh, yeah, you're right. There's just There are a lot of iconic people. You know, like uh, Alex Trebek has been kind of a fixture for literally generations of people on television. And granted, he's a fixture for making you feel dumb by, (laughs) by correcting smart people about things that they get wrong. But a fixture nonetheless. And it's uh it's sad to see him go. Yeah. I mean, you know, that that show really is one of the only times that just average normal people watch something where people are behaving smart. You know, you know what I'm saying? I know exactly what you're saying. You know, and uh, and Alex Trebek, really, I think, you know, his charm and, you know, his sort of uh, deadpan delivery is a really a large part of what sold that to, you know, Cheeto eating middle Americans. So, uh, uh, yeah, that that dude will be missed. Yeah, it was sad. I mean, I'm one of those guys that will watch the reruns of Jeopardy on Netflix. Like, I just really enjoy that show. And you're right, Jehu. I mean, he is like the best part. Um, yeah. And it's it's terribly sad. Uh, and then, you know, David Prowse just makes me think about David Prowse getting kicked out of Star Wars, essentially. So <laughs> it is sad. It is sad that another human being died in general. Uh, but, you know, uh, functionally in the Star Wars world, he's been dead since, I don't know, like the 80s. Well, it, it's sad because it now means more of the original main cast of Star Wars That's true. is dead than yeah. not dead. You know, like, you know, they're leaning on the dead side. Man, but, uh, I just want to say uh, XKCD, you guys know the, the webcomic XKCD? They do little stick figure drawings. It doesn't matter. But he's like a math guy. He did a, a, a statistical, like, sadness map of how long it would take for most of the star Wars cast to die. And like two weeks later, Carrie Fisher died. So I'm hundred percent blaming that guy. Yeah. Fuck that guy. (laughs) Yeah. There's like a famous picture with like a lot of the original cast and like the only two surviving members are like Mark Hamill and Harrison Ford. How the fuck is Harrison Ford still kicking it? Pot. He was like the old guy of the cast. You know what I mean? Like, but yeah, crazy. Well, move on. Go ahead, Jay. I was just going to say, if anybody actually wants to see what David Prowse actually looks like in a movie, he's in the Clockwork Orange. Uh, <laughs> you know, the uh, the guy who carries around the handicapped guy is David Prowse. Interesting fact. Moving on, my my personal favorite piece of news that came out of this month, just because uh, it's insane and I never thought it would happen. Rumor is Alfred Molina coming back for Spider-Man 3 I don't know if it was confirmed for Doc Ock, but that is definitely the assumption. 
Now, I just want to be clear. We talked about this, I think, on the last time we did one of these episodes uh, about the prospect of kind of a multiverse in uh, the live-action Spider-Man movies. And I feel like I was the only one well on board from it on the outset. Does this change y'all's mind? As in that we're excited for it or that we think it's going to happen? Excited for it. I think it seems likely it's going to happen at some degree. I, I, I'm still holding out for it. I would still love it if these guys were just the versions of these characters in the Marvel Universe. We just didn't have to watch their origin story. We just were under the assumption that their, that their origins were similar to what they were in the other movies. That being said, it's probably going to be the multiverse thing, and it'll probably be awesome. Yeah, I, 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 I am in lockstep with J.K. on that. It's not what I prefer, but at this point... I'm trusting that they're going to deliver. They found the best villain and the fastest way to our hearts. And uh, I'm, I'm good with it. I do think if it's a multiverse thing, it means that Sony wants to do something with the previous Spider-Man continuities. Because I don't think they would let Marvel just scorch the earth with Spider-Man before they would, you know, uh, but before right before they let go of the property. Because it really, you know, like, if they do do a multiverse where all these older villains show up and the other Spider-Man show up, how the fuck are you going to follow that? You can't follow that. So there's got to be, they've got to have some plans to do something with that stuff afterwards. Yeah, that's a good point. I have always thought that Sony and Marvel could work out the Spider-Man issue by just having two different Spider-Men. Like Sony just have their own. I think that'd be great. Yeah, and uh, this feels like a way we could do that. Whether you, you know, whether you go back to the Amazing Spider Verse or the you know Tobey Maguire, and even if you just recast the role, but you just have you know you're back into those same universes. Uh, I don't see what would be the problem, but I don't either. And particularly, I think we've talked about this on uh, I don't know. Well, it's probably about this uh, about how so much of movie going these days and hype surrounding movies is about crossovers is about oh this person's going to be in this film did you hear this might be in some sort of larger universe or this might be part of this thing that was in the 80s and they skipped two movies or whatever uh (laughs) the idea the idea of of having uh having two spider-man and then maybe once every three to four years have them meet in another movie just seems like you're you're maximizing your profits on a character Right, you could you could literally have your own Avengers universe of just Spider-Man characters. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, like it's just it's just we have five different Spider-Men. One of them is the Marvel one. The other four, one is Miles. One is you know Jake Gyllenhaal, but not Tobey Maguire. Like whatever, and it you know it, it just works out. Um, if can, can we please can we please get a, a like a shot for shot remake of the dance sequence in Spider-Man Three with Jake Gyllenhaal? <laughs> it would be. Way sexier. I mean, super fair. He's got crazy eyes, though. Less creepy face, but crazy eyes. I think all of them should have to do that sequence. <laughs> like every That's a good one. point. That's the audition reel. Uh, if they do start crossing between verses, I really hope when they go to Miles' verse, they're all animated. Sure, yeah. Oh, that would be fun. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Alfred Molina's probably the best comic book uh, movie villain ever. So it'll be good. Yeah, I mean, I think I have... I'm quoted on here saying Spider-Man 2 is my my favorite Spider-Man film and up there is one of my favorite comic book movies ever and a lot of that rides on Alfred Molina as as Doc Ock. I mean he's just so freaking good in that role and I can't imagine who you would recast that character with. Like we've already knocked it out of the park the first time. Right, right. Yeah, there's not really I, it's one of those things I don't know how anybody could do it better, you know. So, uh I'm glad they're bringing him back. Uh, lots of Marvel news this month. Uh, just recently announced that Florence Pugh will be returning to the MCU. It's hard to say returning because her movie hasn't come out, come out yet. yet. But uh, we'll be in the Hawkeye Disney Plus series. What are our thoughts? Predictions. Ian had a very hurt-like text with a prediction over the week referencing a comic book I've never heard of with uh, her coming back as, what was the, what was the name of the, the villain? It's some kind of like Red, Red Widow. Widow, something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, she's, she's playing, I forget the last name, but I know the character's first name is Yelena, who was the, the second black widow in comics who later becomes a burn victim and then becomes a villain, which is, uh, you know, uh, 
a common thing to do in comic books after you've been burned. I haven't read the Red Widow things, but I'm assuming that's her returning again as a villain. But yeah, I, I mean, I think I don't think she'll be a villain in this or maybe not in the beginning, but I definitely think they're that's where they're going with this character. Yeah, I actually I mean, I don't know that I feel the opposite, but I guess in a way I don't I think she's going to have to learn to be Black Widow. I do think she's in the long run going to be our new Black Widow. For sure. Um, and who better to teach her than, than Hawkeye? But Hawkeye's also going to be teaching new Hawkeye in this. So uh, right. I, I don't know that that's really going to happen. Um, but there was, a, there was a rumor that she'll be wearing like a Ronin-inspired outfit. So um, one thing I know that they've done recently in Hawkeye comics is there has been like a different person being Ronin out there. And Clint kind of having to prove his innocence though there's a twist there and i kind of wonder if we're going to go down a similar road here if the ronin pops back up and is like murdering people and you know it's yelena getting revenge on whoever killed uh even though it was you know death by suicide um right. but you know eyes kind of turn to hawkeye and hawkeye kind of has to prove his innocence uh i could see them going down that road um it's just really hard to say because I mean, I think Florence Pugh's a good actor, but we haven't seen her in this role yet, so... Right. Yay? We're, we have, let's see how the accent holds up first. <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe they'll drop the accent. She gets so good at being an assassin, she doesn't have to talk with the Russians. Yeah, there you go. I like that. Uh, moving on. Kind of some big news. Um, obviously, in COVID times, uh, movies are either being delayed released and just accepting that no one's showing up or going to streaming but we haven't really seen like mega hits have that happen yet but we have heard that wonder woman 84 coming to streaming on christmas day and godzilla versus kong legendary is selling it to a streaming service we don't know yet kind of surprising since legendary i believe is owned by warner brothers and they have their own streaming service on hbo max but um yeah those are big big films to go directly to streaming for sure. Particularly, I think, uh, you know, Wonder Woman 84, you know, we, we just came back from talking about uh, Black Widow, which was supposed to come out this past March, and then it was pushed to November, and then it was pushed again. You know, Marvel is still holding strong on their big blockbusters. They feel like, like I'm assuming, I guess they feel like the real money is is in the theaters, so they're waiting it out. But uh, WB is like, we can't wait no longer. Here's your Wonder Woman. It's strange that they're doing that with Wonder Woman, because I mean, really, like comparing it to Marvel... Like, you know, they have this sort of sea of content that really can't move until they do Black Widow. But with uh, with Wonder Woman 84, there's really nothing waiting on it. Like, there's no other DC stuff on the pipe behind it. They could hold on it off it forever, you know. And, and in any case, they could barely hold on it till after Justice League to see how that does but you know i'm glad they're doing it i've already decided since it's going to be on streaming there'll be no one in the theater so i'll probably go see it in the theater yeah i mean that's a reasonable uh assumption yeah i don't i don't know i mean listen i think it's time for this movie to come out this movie was done like two years ago or something crazy Um, it got delayed a year i think it was supposed to come out in june of 2019 and then delayed to june 2020 um and then COVID happened it's not a good look for the future of movie theaters. Right. Theaters need these kind of movies to survive. Hmm. Um, and at some point I understand like you got this product, whether it be HBO max or um, Disney plus, you know, in the case of like black widow uh, where you probably could get quite a bit of money by putting it on there and, and at least get subscribers for a month or something. But I, I, st- I still think at the end of the day, after after you compare Mulan and Tenet, the response to both of those, I think the future is still in the movie theater. We just gotta, we just gotta be able to get back to movie theaters. Yeah, <laughs> we just gotta get past this. And uh, yeah. you know, the last time that uh, I talked to Ian, he brought up a good point. He's still uh, living the life, which is that a lot of these uh, production companies are holding out, waiting for the better times to bring things back to theaters. But if there's no money going into the theaters. There may not be theaters by the time that they want to release them. Yeah. Yeah. We were talking about going to see a movie this last weekend. And we're like, oh, what's at the movie theater? And like 
Frozen and the Santa Claus <laughs> taking up theaters. Like it's 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 dark times. Uh, on that Black Panther see uh, or the Marvel seed content, we did get confirmation Black Panther two going into production. I think starting filming in July. They will not use a Chadwick Boseman double or CGI face like they did Paul Walker in that one Fast and the Furious movie where they did that. Good choice. Um, yeah, great choice. What 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 is this movie going to be about? Anybody got any theories? I have my theory, but I don't know if I want to open. <laughs> I think it's going to be Sh- Shiri. She's been Black Panther before in the comics. Letitia Wright um, is a great actress. I think people really connected with that character. Um, if the first 10 minutes is watching him die, it's going to be terribly sad. That's the hardest part to me is how do you make that transition? I mean, that's, that's the, the question. Person? So they said they're not gonna they're not gonna you know CGI him in, but they also as far as I know they haven't said that they're not gonna recast. Am I correct in yeah, that? I, I don't think they are going to, but I don't believe they've said that either. Right. Uh, so I mean, there is still an opportunity to just create a new star in a new Black Panther. Which, granted, it's big shoes to fill. It have to be uh, you know a fairly uh, well orchestrated and, and charismatic changeover, but. Uh, you know, I'm not opposed to the Shuri thing. I think that's definitely where they were leading eventually, uh, or even, you know, potentially like, you know, some kind of Iron Man replacement for her. But, you know, I, I think I think just killing off Black Panther because the actor died may or may not be like the story beat that they were going for. Yeah. I would also say I wouldn't mind Winston Duke. I wouldn't I wouldn't mind him taking over that role if yeah. if done the right way. All right, um, Hurt, let's hear your crazy theory. Okay, mine is, mine is, I think everybody's saying Shuri, and I think she'd be good for that eventually, but if you go in that immediately, that would be basically like in the next Bond film, Q was Bond. You know what I'm saying? I do know what like, you're saying, and I agree. That was why I felt like that was premature. You know, um, like, I think she would have to go through some stuff, unless you're just going to go wacky, unless you're going to go with, oh, it's crazy that she's Black Panther now, because she's really, at this point, she's more of a of a wise-ass. Like, she's not really, it would be a different character with her as Black Panther right now. You know, I've heard a lot of theories going around, but you know who I think will end up being the Black Panther in the next movie? And this is just wild speculation. I think it'll be Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, that's that's another popular one I've seen going around. I see. Uh, I hadn't seen anywhere. I thought I was a genius, and it just came up with it all. On it, my own. it would confuse people in like thirty years well, if they okay. went back and rewatched it. Well, I mean, what I'm saying is, I think I think you start the movie with something like Black Panther is missing, presumed dead. Shuri decides. Well, I know there's this, you know, Panther spirit realm. There's got to be a way to bring him back. So. The next Black Panther movie is about Shuri trying to bring back the Black Panther. You know, she has to, she knows there's not a way technology to do it. So she has to uh, find someone mystical to maybe help her. Maybe even do uh, Baron Mordo at that point. Which, man, it sucks that guy's already in a Marvel movie because he would be a great recast. But anyway, uh, so they do the whole thing. They try to raise the previous Black Panther from the dead. And the person they bring back is instead you know, um, Killmonger. And so in that, you get a one-two thing. You've got you've got your, him back as the Black Panther. You've got him trying to do a redemptive arc to sort of, uh, you know, undo the things that he did. And you find out that the Black Panther is not dead. So at some point, there may be the opportunity for a recast. And, you know, maybe the next movie, he doesn't do a great job as a Black Panther. And then she's got to take over. Basically, you do your, uh, you know, uh, tried and true comic book uh method of having a darker version of the superhero take over and have to be taken out by a more traditional version that's where i think they go they've never really done that type storyline in any comic movies it looks like they might be going that way in uh winter soldier and uh falcon but i think it could work for this property yeah i think that the big, the reason why I say it's it's pretty popular is one of the things that is pointed the internet has pointed out is that uh, there are no uh, more heart shaped herb, so you only have two people uh, within continuity who who have taken it and are um, well. I mean, you see him dying, you don't see him dead, uh, right. but so it either be Killmonger or 
T'Challa. And, and I also just want to say, in the universe, uh, you know, two movies in, we found out that all the vibranium on Earth was in a shiny disc. And then, like, two movies later, we found out, oh, there's a whole country that's got a shit ton of it? Oh, never mind. <laughs> So, right, I mean, like, true. the heart-shaped herb thing is a pretty easy to get around uh, canonically. For sure. I'm, I'm just saying it's one of the reasons why people on the internet are convinced that sure. Killmonger is going to be it. And I, I definitely, I personally think the two likeliest people are Shuri and Killmonger. Does that mean, you know, it's going to happen? I don't know. I, I don't know. I think a recast is possible. Um, like I said, I think Winston Duke would do really well um, if they found a way to make that work. Especially by, you know, that, that character at the beginning of that movie is not the same character into the end of that movie. And he marches into battle with him in Infinity War. So uh, to me, right. it makes sense. But yeah, and that's the news. Are we just going straight into Mandalorian? Are you going to say some, you know, witty transition thing? This, I'm, you're driving this train, baby. Like people drive trains, I guess. Uh, but I'm the engineer. You're the conductor. Lead uh, us. So the Mandalorian, we missed two weeks because of the holidays and whatnot. So it's a double dose. Uh, I guess we'll start with the fourth episode, directed by Carl Weathers. Yeah. Grease well, Karga himself. Yeah. Brought back some familiar uh, familiar faces, including Carl Weathers. Gina Carano. Uh, Horatio Sands, is that who's the... Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. I haven't seen him since the first episode. And that, uh, and that X-Wing pilot guy with the crazy goatee. Uh, yep. You know, yep. it's funny. I three weeks ago I was sitting here uh, arguing with you about the definition of a filler episode and and whether filler was uh, you know quality content or not. This is the example I was looking for for what I think actual filler episode is. I disagree. I don't think this is filler. Uh, yeah, I don't even get how you talk about this one as filler. Yeah, it, uh, you're gonna have to show your work on that. <laughs> The first 12 minutes, sure. And I would say, I would agree with you. I'm, when I started this episode, so let just quick overview. Mandalorian returns to Navarro to finish his repairs and helps old allies just destroy an old Imperial base. But the first 12 minutes of it, I thought this was going to be like the fillerist of filler. However, like the last 20 minutes hit the gas and it never stops. And then it takes a massive lore dump in the last like five minutes right well i guess that's that's really where i feel like i guess my defining features of filler in the sense that i don't think there was any character development for any major characters in this and you know it mostly just felt like an opportunity to come back and say hello to some familiar faces that we liked but you know middle towards the end of we we jump in dump in a huge amount of lore and that's considered the content well i do think it i i would say it's not character development for our our main characters, but I do think it's character development for our villains that we now know motivation and have a better look inside the curtain of what's going on because you this know, show I, has really done very little for that. Actually, good point, because if I was going to call this filler episode, I'd also have to call the General Grievous episode filler in uh, in Clone yeah. Wars, yeah. and I love the shit out of that episode, so you know what? I'm, 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 I'm halfway walking this one back. <laughs> I, I um, do agree. The beginning of it felt very filler. The main thing I came away from this episode wondering is why the fuck isn't Carl Weathers directing more action shit? This was solid fucking Star Wars action. Yeah, no, it was pretty good. It was better than I anticipated from it. And it's it's good. You know, it is. It's really good, like, fun stuff there at the end. I mean, there's been a lot of, I feel like, Rebels shit influence in this season just of the way... And Jay, you said this when we talked about the Bo-Katan episode, like how many episodes of the Rebels are just breaking into Imperial base and wrecking shit up? Right. Uh, most but this of was them. a Yeah, most of them. This was a good example of that same formula brought to live action and good on Carl Weathers for, you know, knocking it out of the park. Yeah, I, 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 was, I was really impressed by it. This, like, this in no way, like as much as I love this show, a lot of times the action can feel like TV action instead of movie action. The action in this episode felt like movie action. Uh, and while we're on it, maybe we should talk for just a second on the lore dump in this episode. For sure. We find out the seemingly, I don't remember what they thought the base was supposed to be, but it wasn't supposed to be an important base. But it seems to be some kind of a center for cloning operations. Yeah, I want to say if you go back and listen to our very first review episode of Mandalorian, uh, maybe not the first one, but the one where we get introduced with the glasses guy. 
I said in there that guy was wearing a Camino uniform. That he had a, like a oh Camino shit! Did logo. you really? Yes, I did. <laughs> right. Props to you. Good call. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And here we are, finally getting that shit confirmed. Um, my question was to you guys: Do you think those are supposed to be like um, Emperor slash Snoke, or do you think they're going to bring in like Dark Troopers, which is kind of a thing that I don't think is canon anymore? Well, so so they they've kind of they've teased both of those things at this point, but I think I think this one is supposed to be like an Emperor clone or the Snoke clone, depending mm. on how much they want to follow with the uh, the sequel trilogy. Uh, just because the central driving factor seemed to be that the child was used for, I don't even remember what they said, his M count, which is, I feel very obviously yeah. midichlorian. Midichlorian. You got to have yeah. a lot of those to make an emperor. So, or, or any Sith Lord, I guess. Yeah, the only reason I don't think it would be Snoke or Palpatine is because I think they're going to want to sit up an end game they can resolve themselves. Touche. That's actually a good point. Yeah, possibly. Uh, I believe... And I'm very well maybe wrong. Tehu, you may know this better than I do. I believe dark troopers are supposed to be force sensitive. You know what? I can't remember a lot about the dark troopers, but I think you're right. Aren't they? What? Where were they from originally? They were from a video game, right? Correct. Yep. They were from a video game originally. And then they, they have been in other things. I want to say they're even referenced in one of the films, but I might be wrong about that. Uh, or one of the one of the like the sequel trilogy. I do know that the Palpatine's um, Legion or whatever and Rise of Skywalker I think is supposed to be influenced by Dark Troopers because um, they were also supposed to be Force sensitive, though that never came up in that film. Right, right. Well, that that does open the doors for for that also. Then, so I don't know. I don't know what they're cloning. Yeah, I I lean to Dark Troopers. I feel like. It would, make, it would make sense, more sense episode to episode if that was the case. Yeah, I, I feel like this show is building to either Gideon or even, and we'll get to it, maybe Thrawn trying to rebuild the Empire. And um, I also feel like those two guys, Favreau and Filoni, have a major hard on for random shit that's no longer canon. <laughs> I, yeah, sus- yeah. I suspect that's accurate, but to, you know what? To be fair, I feel like most of uh, of the hardcore Star Wars fans also have a hard on for a bunch of shit that's not canon anymore. So they might they yeah. might be talking to the right audience. That's fair. I do think though, in in their defense, they're fine with like, oh, this is cool. Let's bring it back in a new way. A lot of the fandom just wishes that shit was still canon. That's right. That's totally. also true. Totally. I kind of uh, like the way they're handling it, bringing back cool shit that I like but with a new, easier-to-condense story. Agreed. I, I 100% on. If you can bring in Mara Jade, then I'm good. I've, you've checked off all the boxes <laughs> for me of everything else I want. So that brings us to Episode 5, The Jedi, directed by Dave Filoni, uh, where we get the first live-action Ahsoka Tano right off the bat. Yep. Yeah. Uh, well, they wasted, and this is, again, a 40-minute episode. Uh, the Mandalorian finds Ahsoka trying to free a town from an evil magistrate and he agrees to help her uh, if she agrees to um, train the child. Uh, I want to go last. So you guys tell me what you thought of this episode first. Well, uh, first of all, I I really liked the, uh, the introducing her right off the bat. Like I thought that was, we knew she was coming in this episode. So that was the best way to make it a surprise. It's like, Oh shit, we've got this right away. Also, initially, I thought maybe they were going to do Yojimbo with this episode. I was like, all oh, right on. They're, they're going to do a Kurosawa that isn't Seven Samurai for once. But then they didn't do it. So that was kind of a bummer. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, man, I, I feel like Christian's going to say something different than this. But I fucking loved this episode. I thought it was dope beginning to end. I know there's uh, – dorks out there that are upset about they don't think the name of baby yoda is cool i fucking love it that's as star warsy as a fucking name can get i i'm with uh, you i really i don't have any complaints about it whatsoever yeah so i also watched the clone war series i feel like i am a fan of a lot of dave filoni stuff and the lore that he's introduced but i should also mention that i half watched the clone wars uh while i was like folding laundry and doing other shit so i like don't have a deep attachment to the very specifics of 
any of that lore. I just kind of like the general idea of that. So with that in mind, I really enjoyed this and the uh, introduction of, you know, adult Ahsoka played by Rosaria Dawson. Great actress. I thought she looked good. I liked the, uh, the sabers in general. And it's just, it's just, you know, as Hurt mentioned, it's just a super uh, straightforward samurai style kind of uh, confrontation or setting up the samurai confrontation at the end of the episode, which is fun. Also, Michael Bean looks like shit. Michael Bean looks like shit. And, uh, <laughs> and basically played Johnny Ringo again. Yeah, yeah. no, for sure. Yeah. I thought he was great in it, though, for that. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I really, I enjoyed, like, it was the thing. I saw him, and I was like, oh, who is this ugly guy? And I looked it up, and I was like, oh, it's Michael Bean. And then I really enjoyed it after that. Uh, but yeah, I, it's, I, it is hard to imagine that that guy was Johnny Ringo, though. That's yeah, it really is. Definitely uh, hard to see it. I really enjoyed it. Uh, you know, the, the only thing that I was, I, I don't know I had anything about the, I mean, maybe nobody does about the woman who was like the magistrate with her Beskar staff thing. The, the staff saber fight wasn't, I don't know. The problem with people using staffs, and maybe this is just me being too literal. I feel like if you're going to use a staff, you should stab a lot more. <laughs> like use the range. Uh, I feel like she was putting her fingers in way too much danger. Uh, but outside of that, you know, I had a good time with this episode. I just imagine you in a Mr. Miyagi role, and I fucking love that. You should just stab more. Forget the the flipping about and stuff. Just poke her with the stick. Um, You have the longer stick. It's true. She does have the longer (laughs) stick. It definitely makes way more sense to treat it that way, especially when someone has two laser swords. (laughs) Right. Um, I've watched this episode three times. Wow. The first time I watched it, I did not like it. The second time and third time, I enjoyed it a lot more. And I'm sure there was some of that was just expectation of live action Ahsoka. Um, the Kurosawa vibes are strong with this episode. <laughs> um, in that, that looks like a set out of a Kurosawa film. Um, totally. Definitely. You know, some of, the, of course, the samurai influence and stuff like that, but just visually on on the level, it was very Kurosawa-esque. Um, and I thought Rosario Dawson did a good job with this Ahsoka. My biggest problem, and I think this is what made me disappointed, is I expected more from Dave Filoni uh, with it. In that, to me, her, like, her justification for not training Grogu uh, wasn't very Ahsoka. In that, if you watched... I watched four seasons of Rebels, and in two of those seasons, she refuses to train Ezra because she's like, I'm not a Jedi. I don't, you know, ascribe to the Jedi Order. The other thing is Ahsoka literally watched all of the bad shit about the Jedi Order attack her best friend, and then for her to be like, oh, I can't train him because, you know, he's got this attachment bullshit. I want to be like, that. Just this, this doesn't make any sense for the character who we've set up across these other two shows. If you had said, oh, I can't train him because I'm not a Jedi. I am just, you know, a force-sensitive person who is trying to do the right thing, on board. That's Ahsoka. If she said, well, I don't really prescribe to the Jedi anymore because, one, they fucked me over, and two, they fucked over my best friend, also on board. But for her to use, like, one of these old archaic rules that was used to manipulate a person and turn them to the dark side did not feel like the lessons that Ahsoka has learned over seven seasons of television that I have, or nine seasons of TV that I have watched. Um, And this didn't feel earned. And I feel like we probably not even could have come up with a better excuse. She's literally already used a better (laughs) excuse. Right. To not train Jedi before. Yeah. That was my big point. I think that's a good point. Because now that that you bring it up, that was something that, kind of annoyed me about the episode was was just the handoff with little explanation because so much of the show is go here to find the answer oh it's not here go here to find the answer oh no it's not here either go here to find the answer and i felt like you know as much as ahsoka is cool and i enjoyed meeting her character like narratively she mostly just served the function of oh it's not here either go to this other place and there wasn't a lot of like good reason yeah i'm i'm honestly a little disappointed because I, I could tell in our texting that you weren't digging this episode. And, you know, I had already laid my trap for you to argue against <laughs> it. But your fucking, your logic is actually pretty good. I thought you were going to go with you just didn't like their take on Ahsoka, where she was sort of 
you know, more cynical and stuff like that. And I was going to be like, boom, last Jedi. That's your shit. But you didn't go that way. So you ruined my day. Sorry, buddy. Uh, <laughs> no, I didn't. I did. I do think there was probably an opportunity or more for her to make like a more Ahsoka quip, like calling the child shorty or something like that. Right. that she would do. Um, but I accepted that she's supposed to be a 45 year old woman. So, okay. <laughs> like she's probably, she's not the same 18 year old or 15 year old girl we see in Clone Wars. Um, but yeah, no, I, it, just the reasoning to me was like, well, shit, I don't know. What did, what did Yoda say? Oh, he's too old. What's in us? Oh, he fucking likes people too much. Can't train him. <laughs> uh, he's well adjusted. Let's not go with that. Yeah. Uh, it also doesn't make sense to me because if he's supposed to age slower, in reality, he's only like the equivalent of a four or five year old. Right. Is well, that not the he? fucking age that people take children more <laughs> right. sensitive children? Right. Super fair. But also, if, if he ages that slow, how young was he when he was in the fucking Jedi Temple? Yeah, agreed. He was like 20 years old. So that puts him at like, what, a six month old? Like how like, old? Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I didn't love that bit. I do kind of wonder, though, if the they did not tell us how he was saved or who he was saved by. And my immediate thought, and I know it's crazy, hear me out, Mace Windu. Mace Windu, yeah, no, for sure, 100% with you. <laughs> of course it's going to be that. I'm, I'm into that. Um, so uh, do you guys, do you guys think, well, first of all, you know, there was, there was, a, there was other reveals in this episode. Grand Admiral Thrawn's name was dropped. Uh, Ezra Bridger was at least alluded to. Uh, do you think that, that Ahsoka will play a larger part in this show, or do you think this was a backdoor pilot? I think it's a backdoor pilot. I think it's a backdoor pilot, too. I think we will get an Ahsoka show at some point that's Ahsoka versus Grand Admiral Thrawn. Well, has been asked if Ahsoka in this episode is older or younger than the ahsoka we see at the end of rebels and he won't confirm it and to me that means it's younger right um, so i i assume whatever the ahsoka sabrine Rin find ezra find find thrawn show is going to be whether it's live action or whether it's animated to me was just a setup for that show this mm. line right because I was, uh, Reagan texted me afterwards and was like, oh, dude, they mentioned Thrawn. That's crazy. You didn't see that coming. And I'm like, man, the last time we saw Ahsoka, that's what we knew she was doing. She was going to find Thrawn and Ezra. Like, that's, that was, to me, that was not a huge name drop unless you don't watch, like, Rebels and, like, you don't understand that that's kind of what they've set her up for to be doing anyway. Which, right. to, to be fair, for the vast watching audience, they don't. So this was yeah, kind of their uh, yeah, intro. Which brings me to, I have to argue with someone who's not even on the fucking podcast anymore. So Ian, Ian, te yeah, Ian texted, texted that he said that this is disappointing him because he feels that including Ahsoka means he has to watch Rebels or, or he's missing out. And I just, that, that thinking always drives me nuts because my feelings on that is this Cara Dune, you know, we've met Cara Dune. We found out she fought in the rebellion. We've, it, we've got some hints that maybe things weren't great for her with that. Maybe there's some, uh, dark backstory and there's no show we can go watch where that happened. We just have to assume either we know what we need to know of it, or at some point down the line, the more we need to know will be revealed. I think the only reason people think they're missing something when they see a character on this show who's been in another thing or on any show is because they know the other thing exists. But there's nothing about this that says you actually have to watch Rebels. It gave you everything you needed to understand Ahsoka in this episode. Does anybody disagree with that? No, I agree. That's I think point. it's well stated. And you know what? If you watch this and you decide, hey, I really like this character, I want to know more about them and hear more of their stories. Good news. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I was it's number one, you're dead on. It, it there's any any backstory we needed for like for example, Ahsoka in this show, we got with that, oh, you're looking for a Jedi. Here's a Jedi I know. Maybe she can train him. That's all you need. To be fair, it doesn't even have to be Ahsoka. It, that character did not 
have to be Ahsoka Tano. It just 100%. works out well that it does. And so it, to me, is not required viewing. I do think, I said this in the text, I, someone I saw wrote that they think they view it as like its own trilogy. And I, I think there is some context there. I think if you, but not in that it's one overall narrative. I think right. this is how Filoni tells Star Wars. And right. so if you want to watch a cohesive narrative of how one person tells Star Wars stories, you watch these three shows. Uh, this is how Dave Filoni and I, you know, you can make John Favreau, who is entered into Star Wars through Dave, for, Dave Filoni. This is how they tell Star Wars stories. And so if I could watch Clone Wars, Rebels, and The Mandalorian, and I could see some narrative that carries over between all of them, you know, for example, Bo-Katan is a character, The Pursuit of the Darksaber, that's a plot point in all three shows, but you don't have to go back and view all of it. You can just say, oh, this, this narrative and this storytelling is familiar because I've watched these other two shows. That doesn't make it mandatory. It just makes it familiar. You can, also, you can also just watch the last episode of the last season of The Mandalorian and be like, oh, that's a cool lightsaber. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I know what lightsabers are. If you really need to know the stuff that has already been shown about this stuff but don't want to watch that shows, I assure you there's around 600 bearded guys on YouTube right now that has it condensed into a 12-minute video for you. Yeah. Though if you would like to know which episodes of those shows you should watch in regards to Ahsoka Tano, feel free to email us because I will be glad to answer. Because that bearded guy will tell you. A hundred percent. Did you guys notice the, uh, well, what's it called? The Morai is in this. I think that's why I'm saying it right. The little owl thing that follows Ahsoka around after the Mortis arc. I did not notice that, no. Mm. So when Mando and Grogu, the child, first enter the forest, and he's like, well, this is the signal in the tree. The owl is like watching them. Oh, no shit. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, Joseph, I know since you haven't watched Rebels, it's not as big of a deal for you. But uh, after the Mortis arc in Clone Wars, it continues for a long time. She has a little owl companion that kind of follows around and watches her. And that was true in the show as well. Cool. That didn't detract from my experience in any way, not knowing that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was good. That was good. <laughs> All right. Well, I think uh, we feel like we're good on, on Mando. I'm assuming the next one, we're going to be en route to, uh, to some... Tython. Tython. Uh, Which is also a former Star Wars thing that was no longer canon that they've now made canon. And we'll, we'll probably get sidetracked or like hit by space pirates or some bullshit for an episode or two, but you know, we'll get there eventually. That, that seems like the formula right now. You, you, you set off to the next place of important information and then something happens to keep you away from it for an episode. Correct. So yeah, so good. Good show. Yeah. Good show. I agree. Well, I think that's it for our Mando talk. It's, we've had two weeks, so we're gonna. Well, I, I I recommend selective curating here. What have we been watching the past two weeks, guys? Uh, I did not watch much. Continuing on the Star Wars train, I watched the Star Wars Lego Christmas special. And, is, it, uh, is it making fun of the Star Wars Christmas special? Uh, in some capacity, I think it 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 doesn't really make fun of that. It definitely is better plot wise than the entire sequel trilogy. Um, it's basically Ray finds a way to get to the world between worlds. And then just was like, Oh, I should learn from like old Jedi masters. And so she just pops into random scenes from the prequel and original trilogy. And it's pretty funny. <laughs> right on. Um, at one point there's like 50 Anakin's fighting 50 Obi-Wan's cause she just pulls them from like different scenes in uh, revenge of the Sith. It's a good time. Do, do all the uh, Obi-Wan's have the high ground? Cause that would be pretty funny. <laughs> Yes, uh, and there, there, there's some pretty good uh, Obi-Wan jokes in there. Overall, I liked it a lot. One weird thing is Mark Hamill is not Luke Skywalker. Apparently, he said he would have done it, but they never asked, which is oh, kind of a strange that's thing. Fucked up. But, that's yeah. weird. Yeah. Rose Tico has more screen time in, in this than she did in all of Rise of Skywalker. Um, <laughs> so Ian won't be watching it. No, he will not. And it is Kelly Marie Charan, I believe. So... Uh, I'm going to give it better than Transformers. I thought it was pretty good. I appreciated that. Again, talk about a thing that's no longer canon. Mando episode season one, first episode one, season one, 
They make a light day reference, like in the first five minutes of that show. And then now a year later, here we are like having another Christmas special. So um, I think it's worth the time. It's on Disney plus. It's like 35, 40 minutes. You'll laugh if you like. Yeah, they're Wars usually shows. pretty funny. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, I finally watched Doolittle with my kids. That movie's really bad. No, yeah. Um, it looked really bad. It was. And uh, I don't know. It had potential, but it, it's a weird like balance of things. It just seems like they were making it and then they stopped making it. Like they were making it and they were putting like adult jokes and stuff into it. And then they were like, well, this, this is not this is not good. We, we can't do this. We need to make this for children. And so they're like these really just poorly timed, like adult humor jokes. Uh, and uh, I mean, the voice cast of the animals is pretty good, but I don't know Robert Downey Jr.'s weird Scottish accent thing. Yeah, I don't recommend it. It's worse than Transformers. I'm glad I watched it because I was curious, but I was fine not watching it. And then I watched a couple of Christmas movies. And I'll breeze through the first two of these. Um, I watched The Santa Claus starring Tim Allen. Haven't watched that in a long time. It took me 28 years of my life to realize there is an E at the end of Claus. Yes, because it is the Santa Claus. <laughs> that's that's literally the whole joke. Well, here's the thing. They made that movie based <laughs> on that fucking E. When I'm, when I'm whatever age I was when this came out, I'm assuming like eight. Right. Uh, if I see claws of made up word to me and claws, a word that I don't see at all, they're the same <laughs> word. Right. So in my brain, it's just always, I've just been like, oh, it's, it's about Santa Claus. So it's the Santa Claus. Uh, but no, it's the other claws. Uh, this has not made sense in an audio medium. And I'm sorry. I've, I've just always thought that the origin of this movie was some hack screenwriter was writing a different Christmas movie, misspelled Santa Claus once, and then it's like, oh shit, that's my money. That's the yeah. idea. And wrote a new script. Look, it's a good concept. Some parts don't hold up great, like Tim Allen, uh, <laughs> or the CGI. <laughs> but, uh... I'm giving it better than Transformers. That may be on my new annual Christmas viewing list. One that is, White Christmas, still great. The Snow Song, fucking terrible. Um, everything else, fantastic, but snow, snow, awful. I hate I hate the entire three minutes that's going on <laughs> on that train. Um, but I, I do love that movie, uh, better than Transformers. And the newest one I watched is Happiest Season on Hulu, starring Kristen Stewart and Mackenzie Davis and... What's his name? Dan Levy. Yep. Uh, yeah. And God, I mean, Dan Levy just is my new favorite person on the planet, uh, as with most people who watch Shit's Creek. But that movie's really good. Uh, and I really liked it. I laughed until I cried. And then I just, there were moments that were sad that I cried. And everyone's really good in it. And I really recommend it. Other than Transformers. I'm All not right. a big Christmas movie guy. I don't really like the themes or anything in them but i like that movie you know a movie i'm excited to go back to this year and show val for the first time is one the santa you, claus you turned me on to not that one uh <laughs> is uh no is i don't remember if it's is it klaus claus whatever yes, it is the animated klaus. one yeah i'm good. really excited to go back and watch that one again because that one's a really excellent new christmas movie yep that's that it? it i'm done all right, yeah. all right. hurt do you want to uh, go I'll... you got four minutes yeah i can keep this really short Okay. Uh, I, instead of telling you about anything I watched, I was going to share with you my one Thanksgiving tradition. Uh, you know, every year people say they're thankful for their families or America or whatever. And sometimes when people say it, you believe it and sometimes people don't. I always spend Thanksgiving being thankful for Bill Ward, the original drummer to Black Sabbath. <laughs> uh, I, I'll spend the whole day listening to Bill Ward era albums. Uh, you know, John Bonham has more soul. Uh, Neil Peart was obviously technically better, but I just love Bill Ward more. Uh, if you want to see an example of why Bill Ward's such a great, fun drummer, uh, on YouTube, Google, you know, search uh, Black Sabbath Paris War Pigs. It's a clip of them playing in 1977. Bill Ward is such a fucking entertaining drummer to watch. And I truly believe he could have been better than any of them if someone would have just introduced him to the high-tech invention called a ponytail holder. 
because <laughs> he was he's the whole time he's just beating the holy living shit out of these drums he's also fighting to keep his hair behind his ears uh, if you've never listened to a black sabbath record the, probably the best one to listen to is paranoid uh if you know four black sabbath songs three of them are on that record and it's also a great showcase for bill ward my favorite uh bill ward performance is not on that record however it's on a song called a hole in the sky which i highly recommend that's all i got is uh is Iron Man also on Paranoid? It is, yes. Yeah, the, the drums on Iron Man and War Pig are two of my favorite like drum tracks. So yeah, they're War Pig's awesome. a great track. Yeah. 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 So awesome. Well fuck, now you gotta live me two minutes. What am I gonna do? Talk fast? Not gonna happen. Yes, do it. I'm not signing back on. So are you fucking getting fine? Fuck you. Guys. I'm not doing it. I, I gotta go get my kids. That's fair. Well, I watched a lot of shit. Some of it was rewatched. Finished up the actual Ghibli films. Uh, watched The Red Turtle again, which is a silent French film uh, produced by Studio Ghibli. It's really, really beautiful. Uh, it made me cry. I don't know why. I don't know what it's trying to tell me, but it made me feel things, even though I don't understand what it was trying to make me feel. Rewatched Knives Out, Spider-Man Far From Home, and Clue. All better than Transformers. Uh, Clue in particular. God, Tim Curry's so just goddamn entertaining all the time. <laughs> And then finally watched a, another anime movie that's not a Ghibli movie called uh, Silent Voice, which is about a boy who bullied a deaf girl when he was young and then when he was older felt real bad about it and tries to make up with it. And it's just a real sad but, you know, nice, uh, like, redemption-y story and everybody's trying to, like, be nicer and be less lonely in the world. And it also made me cry because all animated movies make me cry. Uh, <laughs> But uh, it's it's I'm not going to say it's a good time, but it's it's fair, pretty heartwarming. And if, if that's your kind of thing, I recommend it. But all these things are better than Transformers. And I'm watching a God damn it. I want to get through it. I can do it. Uh, I'm finishing up an anime called God of High School on Crunchyroll, which is essentially somebody who just saw all of the fighting shows and were like, hey, you know, what's the best part of all these? The tournament arc. What if we just make a tournament arc a show? Uh, and that's what they did. And it's OK. It's too much fighting. There's not enough story, but the fighting's good. Uh, better than Transformers. That's my two minutes. I love you that you good. just never I'll go consider. faster next I time. can just talk about this next week. I can't. I can't. I'm going to have new things next week. Uh, oh, next week, enough. speaking of, uh, I think we want to do our, do we want to do our... Um, we'll do our pilots. Pilots episodes. Pilot episode, push to next week. That's it. Thanks to everybody for listening. Uh, please <laughs> rate, subscribe, tell your friends. Hey, I can do this, guys. Uh... <laughs> Uh, if you want to write into us, tell us what you think about the Mandalorian. You can reach us at realphonies at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter at realphonies and on Instagram at real underscore phonies. Thanks to Zach Evans for our and Brian Velasquez for our theme. See you guys later. We're out later. Great job. <laughs>